welcome to the Nativa podcast series, where we provide a weekly data-driven analysis of the trending topics in the U.S. among diverse groups, in particular Hispanics and Black Americans. I'm Natasha Ponganis, co-founder of Nativa Inc. and OYE Business Intelligence. Always joining our podcast is Eric Diaz, who is also a co-founder of Nativa and OYE Business Intelligence. And today, we have Joss um, Jaro Karuta joining us. He's one of our data scientists uh, in the Phoenix office. And uh, so let's get started. So the topic today is very interesting. So we're gonna be talking about popular cars in the US among, again, in particular about minority groups. And this is a topic that perhaps um, within in our company, some of the teams uh, feel very passionate about certain brands and, and others. And I think that, so that's going to be very interesting. We have been able to gather um, 30 days data from Twitter. Um, I think of the volume of total was about um, 120,000 tweets, from which 31,000 came from verified US Hispanics and about 30,000 from verified Black Americans. Um, so actually, you know, just sharing, I was sharing earlier today with Eric and with Josh, that I, I was doing a webinar, uh, I listened to a webinar presented by J.D. Powers and the Wall Street Journal, focusing on the state of the automotive industry. And, and part of that, of course, we are in 2020, COVID is a big topic. I don't think there is uh, anything, any subject that we can talk about just the, the relation with all the impact in, in COVID-19. Um, so, but what is, was very excited for me, and I wanted to share this with you, Eric, and with Josh, is that um, one of the trends that they were really talking about is the increase of now buying cars digitally. So you don't necessarily go to a car dealer, but you are now, because of the technology, able to do that in the comfort of your house. So using your phone, your laptop, your iPad, you can view all the different cars, all the selections, and just purchase those online. It seems to be that this is not available in every state. So they were talking in particular in San Francisco, in California, and then some of the other states follow with a similar trend, allowing now consumers to buy cars online. So I'm really curious. I know you particularly, Eric, you are a big car aficionado, um, and you have actually have been doing this for, for a while, right? buying online. So I would love just to hear what you think of, do you think that this is a trend? Do you think that this is maybe generation-wise or maybe because Hispanics over-index in the use of technology, maybe for Hispanics it's not so much of a big news? Yeah, I, uh, I do love that topic of buying cars online because I think back when I did the first time was uh, 2004 and it was kind of, uh, it was kind of weird. It was so weird actually back then. I bought my first car on eBay uh, in 2004, and I got a handwritten letter from eBay thanking me <laughs> for buying a car on their platform because it was strange. I don't know at, at that point how many cars they'd sold. I mean, I'm sure they'd you know, been selling cars, yeah. but it wasn't common practice. But mm -hmm. I think eBay really wanted, you know, uh, eBay's known for so many things that they wanted that to be a big growth driver. I don't think eBay really ever got known. I mean, that was 2004. And, you know, nowadays I think more of like Carvana and some of these other brands when I think of, yeah, when I think of buying a car online, I would, you know, if I was the first time we're doing it, I would probably go to one of those, but yeah, yeah, it's a, uh, I, to me personally, to answer your question, Tasha, I, I think 
you know, coronavirus ha has had that effect of like expediting everything. And, and, you know, a lot of the brands were, or a lot of the companies are already set up to sell cars online. And those guys had like a little bit of a head start. And the ones that aren't, you know, have to play catch up. So hopefully they can, they can do that. But definitely see like, you know, a car. Uh, I'll just say one last thing about buying a car online. Um, yes, it, people think you have to see it. But the problem is it's kind of a flawed mentality because, you know, if you ask me, do I really know how good a car is just by looking at it? No, in fact, uh, it's, it's, it's a phenomenon, not just with cars, but in many, many uh, topics, people overvalue the, the benefit of seeing something in person. They overvalue their own opinion of being able to see something uh, versus being able to rely on other, other experts' opinions. So what I, every time I bought a car, and this is the last thing I'll say about it, is I always hire an expert in that city to go and test my car and run it through the whole thing, give it like a you know 200 point inspection because I'm not going to do that. So there's, it's, I'm actually better off buying a car in Dallas than seeing it myself here because I don't really know anything about a car, but I know my car expert that I pay $150 to review it is going to do a much better job. So anyway. Yeah, Yeah. no, absolutely. I think that that's a really good point. And, and I think it's, you know, what the marketers, I guess, are seeing is a trend that will grow even after COVID. They don't think that the consumers will make a shift back to what used to be before, going to the car dealer and, and she's doing more of like you were talking, like in-person test drive. I think what they're anticipating is that this trend is here to stay and will continue growing where you now have the, the ability to buy it online. And, and I think, you know, to that point is, you know, maybe you become a better informed consumer because of the resources that you have available online. But I think, you know, for what we do, being in the data analytics space, you know, we'll have an, a tremendous amount of data now that we can actually better inform consumer, but also marketers and how they can better reach to those consumers and those populations. So I think some of the trends that we're going to see later today during the, the report and the analysis is also, uh, I have seen a, a big gap perhaps in the gender between males and females. So I know Josh is going to be talking a little bit about that as well. So I think for companies, there is also a big opportunity in how to present the products very specifically and may, may perhaps even being more appeal to the female consumer. Um, but yeah, and I think another trend that was very interesting, and I think we have seen this with in other industries as well, right? That the how important it is to have that that experience, uh, the consumer journey. But now that experience is has to be taken in a virtual space. So, so I think we're starting to see a, a little bit more of a creative side in how to engage consumer and being able to deliver those experiences now through the screen and not necessarily where you're talking, Eric, right? Like being there and being able to touch and feel it. But uh, yeah, definitely there is a lot of opportunities and, and how we can tap into some of those emerging technologies to, to better reach and create that brand loyalty to consumers. So, uh, Josh, why don't you tell us a little bit what are the brands that you have analyzed on this um, for this white paper and uh, what you discovered volume-wise? Yeah, so the, I discovered, or I looked into six different brands for this paper. I looked into BMW, Chevrolet, Ford, Honda, Nissan, and Toyota. Any particular explanation why you choose those, those brands? Um, yeah, they were some of the most commonly purchased car brands among like USA. They, okay. um, 
and there are some of the bigger ones like Chevrolet, they own Corvette, they own uh, like Cadillac, Toyota owns Lexus and Scion. Like a lot of like these ones are the parent companies of other of other brands. So that's that's one of the main reasons I picked these brands. Mm -hmm. sure. so I noticed from the from the volume, it does seem like um, the like the Hispanic population and the African American population, the Black American population, is a lot heavier than what we've seen in some of our recent studies. So, so that was interesting to see. Like generally over-indexed, I think across yeah. the board uh, for both. I mean, yeah. Hispanics are what eighteen percent of the population, and across the board, um, for those that can see my screen, all of the. For all of the brands except for one, I think, which is Chevrolet, uh, Hispanics were over 18%, some of them significantly, uh, almost 30% for a number of them. And African American at 27% for Toyota which was huge, uh, you know, much higher than I think, which is 12%, which is what the Black American population is across the country. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I saw that most of the brands had like a lot higher minority just participation. And uh, specifically, Honda and Toyota, I saw they had some of the highest uh, minority uh, participation. And I was wondering um, if it's because like they're also known to be one of the most like more reliable brands. Mm. Like people say like Toyota's last for life, things like that. Right. Uh, just yeah, and I think it's what do you drive? I, I drive a Toyota. Toyota? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think Toyota also, they have been creating a very specific campaign just to, to target and to the Hispanic and also the, the Black consumers. So I think that they have perhaps created more of a consistent approach over time and developed the level of brand loyalty. I would say I, I'm a little bit surprised that perhaps Ford was then on the top. Uh, in particular for Hispanics, because the same reason like Toyota, Ford has a dedicated channel and, and team. They are really always trying to engage that diverse market. Um, so yeah, this is definitely, it was very interesting just for me to see that, but also it was very interesting to see BMW. Um, they had a significant volume of um, Blacks and, and Hispanics, right? So I think when we're talking about um, the aspirational brand, right? BMW is one of those aspirational brands in particular for the younger generation, but also for immigrants, um, you know, that they, that's what they aspire, right? Become to the American, it's the American dream, the nice car, the nice house, right? And, and BMW is always one of those brands associated with that aspirational lifestyle um, among immigrants. So I guess I'm no, not too sur surprised by the numbers. Good point. <laughs> Uh, Natasha, so I'll segue into language here. And now this was something to, to me, this is a bit surprising to see English as dominant as it was. Usually in my, you know, when I've done car analysis in the past, um, it, it's more, more diverse as, um, among a Hispanic audience using more Spanish conversation. We didn't find that to be the case. In fact, for across the board, it was for all six brands, it was right around 95% English and then the other 5% split between uh, Spanish and bilingual, which was relatively low. So it could be that there's not a lot of campaigns going on these days. Like one of the things that you mm -hmm. mentioned, Natasha, was, um, you know, Toyota, for example, you know, they've always been presence with, uh, had, a, had a solid presence with the Hispanic audience, but, but you know, potentially maybe there's not as much Spanish language dominance in, that, in those campaigns these days. 
Um, I know in the past they've had campaigns such as uh, Somos Toyota. I remember that one being a big one, getting like those stickers that would. Uh, those I actually, remember that. Yeah, right. that was yeah. a fun, fun campaign. I, I remember the stickers. You could order them on Facebook, and it would uh, like right. Natasha could order um, get a sticker like uh, Soy Argen Argentina, I guess, or, mm. or something. Right. Yeah, and then uh, I think it would say that, and you'd be, and it would also say Somos Toyota on the on the <laughs> corner. Yeah, and it was they were cool, but they also had like. Kind of like the more slangy type so like for puerto rican you could actually say like uh somos boricuas or soy boricuas oh yeah <laughs> so i don't know i don't you know I, I don't know enough about what toyota is doing these days but i think it is interesting is that that uh that english is so dominant these days so definitely it could yeah. be an opportunity for for brands to do more uh in other languages um, yeah so so josh i guess you know in in that relation to the language when you set up the query for this analysis um, we always do an um, uh, equal balance between English and Spanish on the queries just to make sure that we, we are able to compare both. Um, what were some of the queries, like let's say for Toyota, did you have Toyota and pair with something else? So it was exclusive to just the mention of the brand. Um, yeah, so I had the, the brand mentioned with like driving and manejar and things like that. And then I also had um, just the model, like different models of cars on their own. Like it would just say RAV4 or just say um, like Forerunner. I, I wouldn't include things that are like homonyms like Explorer or Tundra, mm -hmm. but all the ones like BMW i8 and just those codes or- So if they said a brand name, it should have captured it English or Spanish. Or, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, and, yeah, no, this is, I agree with Eric. I think this is very interesting to see the high volume of English, because uh, we have done an analysis on the automotive industry a few years back. And I think we have actually seen an over-index of Spanish speaking uh, consumers talking about brands. And that's not the case today, which I think brings again to the point that for marketers, sometimes the strategies that you have set up at the beginning of your campaign might not necessarily be relevant six months or 12 months from, from that point and how important it is to always be in touch on the pulse of that consumer base that you're trying to reach. Because it changes, it changes all the time from the language that they use, the channels that they use, and what is more relevant for them. So definitely a great insight here on the language. Natasha, I think there's two great tweets. Uh, Josh did a great job uh, finding some, some interesting ones, but some bilinguals, even though Spanish and bilinguals a little bit less, I think this is a, a great example of somebody speaking bilingually uh, and affectionately about uh, I guess the person, uh, old person car ever, which they called the, the, which was the Nissan Maxima. And in, in Spanish, they mentioned that it was her abuelita, her grandmother, mm -hmm. that was driving this perfect old person car. So I thought that was a, a fun example. Um, and then this guy, uh, it, just talking about the joy of driving a BMW, kind of to your point, Natasha, in Spanish. Yeah, that, that's, that's interesting. And that's the beauty of our technology, right? That is able to capture those nuances when in a tweet you have a combination, it's predominantly English, but there is that cultural nuance right there in the laughing or mentioning abuelita um, and, and understanding, again, how the consumer base engage in reaching and how you can engage in an organic conversation is extremely important. Yeah. So then, yeah, moving into the Latino index, uh, I thought that um, it, this was 
Also interesting to see the biggest one, biggest two groups were going to be L3. Uh, those that can see my screen, the, the red bars on, on these for all the brands was L3. So more of your uh, bicultural Latinos that, that uh, as we rank them in our Latino index. And the Latino in the index is, is basically how OIE identifies uh, different users based on the language that they use, the, the, the interests they have, their media consumption, what are they, you know, where are they getting their, 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 uh, their, their news from? And L3s are right in the middle, kind of uh, split between the, the acculturated or unacculturated. And that was our, our, I guess, our largest group for some of the brands, but it was very close also with L1. So we got to keep, keep in mind that kind of, you know, kind of goes hand in hand with uh, the English preference that we saw and the 95% of folks uh, speaking English. Um, a lot of the, a lot of the um, for, I guess, most of the brands, L1 was either the that was the top uh, latino group or l3 um with the other groups just uh, slightly behind it very interesting and i think what the next analysis comes on the generation um so understanding the age group among hispanics and black and that is done through face recognition with that technology so for this particular analysis uh for hispanics we analyzed a sample of 1500 tweets and and perhaps not surprising the age group, the led on conversation is the 35 to 44 year old. And that correlates with the audience that is on, on, on tweet and Twitter. Um, what is interesting here is what are some of the brands that are leading among that age group? So we see they actually Honda has the most volume of conversation with 29% and is followed by Ford. Um, so I think we, I'm sorry, I think Honda is the only one <laughs> that it was actually no the popular brand among that age group. So, but Ford was. Um, so I think, you know, and then when we look at the younger age group, the 18 to, to 24, um, that's where we see the actually Nissan has the highest volume of conversation. And uh, and there is some tweets, some examples there that kind of talks about the, the 18 to 24 and the 35 to 44 year old. And I think, um, you were mentioning Josh about this funny tweet actually who was trending. Um, so maybe you can share in your screen who's talking about um, Honda lasting for a very long time or the <laughs> Honda in particular, right? Lasting as long as a COVID, uh, which yeah, is yeah. It's great for the brand. I mean, marketers love this type of, of <laughs> conversations, right? So, uh, so that that is very interesting. And oh my, so this is this the original tweet, Josh? This is the original tweet that got shared. So it got like other looks like other people kind of tagged along. This guy, uh, he said he got this for a daily daily to beat on. I can't kill it. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> yep, Honda Civics. Yeah, that's that's the thing that people always say they last forever. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a great brand, and again, I think you know this is. Hopefully, Honda is actually listening to the consumer and they can actually make a really and very creative campaign just with, with those tweets. And I think when we look at the Black Americans, uh, the sample was a little bit smaller, 1,200 tweets, uh, but very similar to Hispanics. is a 35 to 44-year-old who is dominating the conversations uh, during that 30-day analysis. And in this case, um, you see the Chevrolet. It's actually the one they had the most volume of conversations and followed by Toyota and, and Nissan. Um, 
any for Black Americans, Honda, again, is the one who dominated between the 18 to 24 year old um, group. So um, very interesting, again, in, in how important it is to understand not only the how to reach through the Spanish of the Black consumer, but also understand the age. And based on the age, you know, what are the, the type of cars that I guess will resonate the most to that particular consumer. Yeah. So like you were saying, earlier, Natasha, um, what we notice is that it's very much male dominated throughout all brands uh, for both Hispanic and, as, and the African Americans. So um, that would be a great opportunity for the different brands to try to reach their female audience and try to expand their market in that way. Because they're obviously not currently reaching them. Yeah. So yeah, it does seem yeah. really low, like yeah, less than 30% female for basically all the brands. Uh, yeah, it is really interesting. Is it similar to among uh, African-American as well? Yes. Hmm. Yeah. I believe um, the brands that had the highest like male presence for both uh, both ethnicities was Chevrolet and Ford. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And it seems, and for females, it seems bit. like Honda. Yeah, Honda has the largest amount of females as well. For both, for, yeah. For both, so they're very. Uh, that is very interesting. Yeah. Hmm. But okay. yeah, I think it's a it's a big opportunity for for brands and the automotive industry issues to engage women in those conversations because you know when we're talking about decision making, especially in a household, right? The, the mom or the female, the spouse has a lot to say. So for brands, um, not reaching out and informing to to that demographic is it's a big a big missed opportunity could also be different factors could could that be because the situations that we are right now with COVID-19 that perhaps female um, are engaging in other conversations might not necessarily be the, the car and I know that uh, when we look at some of the sales um, you know they have dropped during COVID in, in certain states uh, you know perhaps uh, not many people are talking about buying a new car or how they're driving the car uh, definitely so just interesting inside and this could lead maybe even for ourselves that we want to do a little bit farther analysis on this topic yeah. so what do you see on the sentiment um analysis here yeah just like for example uh negative sentiment is really high for some of these brands actually a lot of them were over 30 percent what, what do you attribute that to um they all depended on different things, like for Honda, that's the tweet we recently just showed that was relating it to the length of COVID. Yeah. Uh, that one just got shared so much. So that's why that like a big chunk of the negative uh, negative tweets there come from that specific tweet. Uh, okay. So like in, in what you're saying is that even though it shows up as negative, it wasn't, it was negative about COVID more, more than less, not yeah, really not negative Honda. about the, the topic. So that's it. No, yeah. about Honda. Mm -hmm. um, and then others, there were a lot of tweets that were people sharing like a missing, like an Amber Alert or missing persons alert. And it'll have like the description of the oh. car. So huh. like, yeah, there was 
like two or three different people missing like that uh were involved with like a toyota uh-huh. in texas so that i saw like a few a few like a lot of people just sharing those tweets and then like That's similar things happened Got it. i think you know from our technology world when we build the queries this could be like a preliminary analysis and then we can look into the data and identify with the noise and in this case when you're talking about the amber alert might be a noise not necessarily related to the brand so we can go in and just remove anything they have to say or, or says amber alert so we focus specifically on the brand experience yeah, yeah. this is an interesting from the african-american audience this uh, post and talking about their um uh toyota being more expensive than a, than a jaguar which is uh, to, to ensure oh to ensure yeah yeah huh uh, i guess the toyota is newer i'm assuming but yeah that's a good point okay that is interesting because i think you know some of the the trends um listening again to the webinar earlier today from the wall street journal it was uh you know the, are we going to see a shift perhaps on people especially in the larger cities you know using public transportation and maybe because of covid-19 they might look or think about buying a car instead of you know being part of the sharing a train or a subway but when you look into the cost it's not only buying the car but in this case right it's insuring a car is where you park in your car the cost can be so high and so significant that I think that's something perhaps that we'll have to see it and evaluate in the upcoming months when COVID cases goes down. Are we going to see a trend on major cities where they have a, a very efficient public service or perhaps not so much? Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's, uh, we can wrap up, Joshua. So what do you see about the, in the work clouds, Hispanic and African-American work clouds? Um, I saw the brands, all the brands that I searched for, which was pretty interesting. Um, well, I thought it was extra interesting. The, if you notice the order that they're read in, like for Hispanic, Honda, BMW, Toyota, Nissan, Ford, uh, those, it's not the same order we saw uh, of Hispanics in the volume. Um, and that could be attributed to someone replying to a tweet that has the word Honda in it, but not necessarily mentioning the word Honda themselves. So they'd be counted as being part of the group uh, who talks about Honda, mm -hmm. but not in a word cloud where they specifically use the word Honda. Got it. So okay. that's where that disparity showed up. Um, I see. I see a keyword lasting. Uh, lasting was pretty high up there. Yeah. Yeah. So it looks like people. Uh, maybe, maybe they talk about car. They talk about you know how long lasting it is is something that seems to be important to them. So something to keep in mind, I think, for for brands. So that's like a really, uh, I guess, a resonating topic is is how long does it last? Yeah. There's how long it lasts, and then there's also uh, they had 2021 as one of the really high. Mm. topics too and there's just a bunch of people talking about uh next year's models of cars or next mm. year's mm. announcements for like uh formula one racing and nascar racing and the cars that are going to be in there gotcha and a, a, a spanish keyword in there is camioneta or truck was was there any particular tweet that made that resonate or just in general people it was just in general trucks? people talking about trucks okay but spanish dominant i guess obviously because yeah. it is in spanish right 
And finally, I've got the the uh, I've got the um, the Black American uh, conversation right here. Any, anything else of, of note from from this audience? Uh, not particularly. There was like one tweet that got viral mm-hmm. that showed up that doesn't really have to do with the topic. It's NFL, and then right under it, it says Melly. Okay. Uh, there was a there's like a these two rappers like NBA something and YNW Melly. Okay. And there was like this picture of like, they're like making fun of them. It looked like a broke version of them, I guess. Mm, okay. So it was like, here's NFL, blah, 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 and BMW Melly. So, okay. So, so something went viral a little bit, like a meme or something. Yeah, it was okay. a meme that went viral and then it kind of spiked the NFL and then the BMW. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So I guess, you know, as we're wrapping up the podcast today, what are some of the each of you can share like what is the main takeaway from this analysis today? Well, definitely one of the things I you know I noticed is just the, the Spanish, uh, the lack of Spanish, and it seems like a lot of opportunities there for for uh, you know either car brands, marketers that are, are looking to reach that audience. Uh, I think you know as as we talk about like coronavirus and people buying more cars online, there's definitely a lot of opportunity there. Um, and th- it could be that, you know, th- those that might reach out in Spanish and, and that might be able to take advantage in that spot. Yeah. How about you, Josh? Yeah, I saw that um, a lot of people really like just sharing and retweeting just images and pictures of cars they think look nice or are nice. Like uh, there is a very many just a variety of pictures of GTRs that were shared. I. And everyone just, just, there was no, no text that went with it. It's just the model of GTR and then the image. And then it was shared by like 40 people. Okay. So I just, I thought it was interesting that people just like aesthetically pleasing cars. Right. Yeah, good. And I think for me, the main takeaway is, you know, that popular tweet about the Honda Civic. Um, this sometimes, you know, even for us as marketers, you spend so much time trying to create the, the right branding or the right campaign. And if you perhaps just take the time just to listen to the voice of consumer, they're, they're right just there with that tweet. That could be a really, really nice campaign, right? And, and it's just taking the personal experience with so many people can actually relate to it. It's fun. It's lightheaded. So I, I really enjoy just to, to listen to, to that type of content, I guess. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching us today. Feel free to visit our website and download the the white paper. And uh, we'll be back next week with another topic uh, to striking the pulse of the Hispanic and Black consumers. Thank you and have a great week.